Hello, welcome to Times and Season podcast. This is your host, Nkem Okemiri. Today, I'll be talking about the seventh season, how to understand the seventh season in your life or in the nation, every seventh season. There are seven cyclical seasons in life, and we understand this from the seven days of creation when God created He could have created in one day, but he created in seven days, or he he created in six days and rested on the seventh day, uh, giving us a pattern for our seasons. That's why we have seven days in the week, and these days of the week are cyclical. Every week we see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The next week you're going to see Monday to Sunday again, and it just keeps going. The month is changing, the year is changing, but you just keep seeing Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday. So seven cyclical seasons, that's how, you know, that's what we have. In every seven years, we have seven yearly seasons. In every 49 days, you have seven-year cyclical seasons. In every 343 years, you have uh, 49 yearly, seven 49 yearly uh, seasons. So, we there are patterns in the Bible for every season, and the pattern for the seventh season is. In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, the first three verses, where the Bible talks about the seventh day. Let me say again that when we're talking about the seventh season, we're looking at the seventh year in every seven years, or the seventh day in every week, or the seventh week in every 49 days or the seventh seven years or the seventh 49 years or the seventh 343 years so every seventh it's part of the seventh season so there are basic patterns like i said earlier you know for understanding the seventh seasons the first pattern is what we find at the beginning of the second chapter of the book of genesis the seventh narrative of the seventh day of creation the second pattern is the seventh book of the Bible and the seventh chapters of the Bible and the seventh seven books of the Bible. Um, all these help us to decode the seventh season or they form the decoder for understanding the seventh season. So let's begin with the seventh day of creation narrative. In Genesis chapter 2, the first three verses. First, the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work, which he had created and made. I'd like us to see a few things here. First of all, let's take note of the keywords. Keywords. You have the word finished, the word ended, rested, blessed, 
and sanctified. These are key words uh, in the narrative of the seventh day of, of creation. Now we're going to be taking these keywords one after the other. But there's something I'd like you to see that is unique about this seventh day. Because the seventh day is a unique season. It's the story of the seventh day is separated from the story of the other six days. In Genesis chapter 1, we have the, create, the narrative of the six days. But the seventh day is recorded in the second chapter of the Bible. Now, come to think of it. Wouldn't this have been a very beautiful way to conclude chapter 1? And you know that the seven days of creation have all their stories in the first chapter. What is in chapter, what is in the seventh day that we have to separate, you know, that God had to arrange to separate the narrative from the rest of the six days? It's simple. The seventh season is a unique season. In the Bible, all through the Bible, you see the seventh is separated from the rest. When God commanded Israel to walk around Jericho, he told them march around each day for six days, march around once each day for six days. But on the seventh day, you will march around Jericho seven times on the seventh day. So what they did the first six days would not be the same thing that they would do on the seventh day because the seventh day is a unique, the seventh season is a unique season. Now, uh, we go to the book of Revelation chapter 6 where the seals began. A book was, a scroll was sealed with seven seals and now they began to open the seals. The first six seals were opened in the sixth chapter. And you want to read about the seventh seal, you won't even see it in the seventh chapter until you get to the eighth chapter, that's where the seventh seal was opened. The seventh is always separated from the bunch. Now, from chapter eight, you start reading about the seven trumpets. Now, you get there, you read uh, chapter 8 and chapter 9, and you will want to see the seventh trumpet, maybe conclude the ninth chapter. No, there's a chapter 10. And then you have to go to chapter 11 to read about the seventh trumpet because the seventh season is a unique, there's something about this, this season that separates it from the rest of the seasons. So we need to get that. Now, what this could mean is that is the tendency for divisions and for people to separate and not be united in seven seasons. For example, in the seventh book of the Bible, you will read that in those days there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Israel struggled to be united in the seventh season, in the seventh book of the Bible. So you have 
So while we are talking about distinction, but the, on a negative side, the second, the seventh season can become a season to struggle to be united, a season of divisions. In the seventh book of the Bible, tribes had to fight themselves. It was never like that until you come to the seventh book of the Bible, where one tribe, you know, will face the other tribes, the whole nation. Like in chapter 20 of the seventh book of the Bible, Israel fought the tribe of Benjamin and almost wiped them out. So you see the people struggling to be united. So that's a tendency in the seventh season. Now, once you're in the seventh year or you are in a 14th year, the seventh year in every seven years is a time to intentionally work towards unity because of the tendency to see divisions and controversy and all that. Now, let's go to the keywords. The first keyword we saw or we see in this chapter is finished and then followed by ended. So the seventh season is a finishing point. It's an end point. As far as God is concerned, the seventh is an end point. When Naaman came to Elisha for healing, he told him, go and dip yourself in Jordan. And when he did that, his body came out clean because that's an end point. When God was going to bring down the walls of Jericho, he told the people, march around Jericho seven times. The seventh day, and the, at the time of marching the seventh time, the wall came down because the seventh is the time to finish, is the time, is an end point. In Elijah told one of his servants in First um, Kings chapter 18, you know, when he said, I hear a sound of abundance of rain, he told his servant, go and check the cloud. The man went there, didn't see anything. Go the second time, he didn't see anything. But at the seventh time, he said, I saw something like the cloud, the hand of a man. He said, that's it. He announced to her, rain is coming, run. The seventh time is an end point. So it's a season of expectation, a season that you say, yes, we have labored. Now we want to see the results. Now we want to see the end of struggles, the end of whatever. So, And you see, even in creation, there was nothing. God did not do anything on the seventh day except the rest. It's a no-work season. It's, it's when struggles end. It's when labor stops. It's when the toiling ends. Because in the mind of God, the in the mind of the Creator, the seventh season is an end point. And the other word that we have there is rested. God rested. God rested on the seventh day, not because he was tired, but he was instituting something for humanity. That when you come into the seventh season, I have ordained rest. It's a time to come into rest. Now, you will find Jesus going out on the Sabbath day to bring people into rest. Rest is not about just lying down and sleeping and, um, you know, not doing any work. Rest is, you know, ending affliction, ending trouble, ending struggles. As long as a man is still struggling, he can't be, even if he's sleeping, he's not resting, he has no rest. A sick man is not resting. A poor man has no rest. You know, you are at war, there is no rest. When there is no peace, there is no rest. 
So Jesus will go out on the Sabbath day because for him, the rest of the Sabbath was not a religious thing. It was to actively and vitally bring people into the finished work to say, this that God has done, look at the result of it. So he healed the people. The religious leaders did not understand what he was doing. They were looking at the Sabbath from a religious standpoint, but he was looking um, at the Sabbath from a pragmatic standpoint that this is something practical. People are sick and you are talking about religious rest. They shouldn't move. They shouldn't. People are hungry. They shouldn't do anything. So Jesus brought in uh, this pragmatic side to it that rest is ending trouble for people. So he healed on the Sabbath day. The man at the pool of the Bethesda, he healed him on the Sabbath day. The woman with the bent back, he healed her on the Sabbath day. And many other healings because for Jesus, the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week, was a time of calling people into rest. And when you read the book of uh, the book of the seventh book of the Bible, the book of Judges, you find God raising judges to fight, to go to war. And then after they have fought the Bible, you, you read the Bible will say, and the land had rest for 40 years. Their land had rest for 30 years because the seventh season is a time of calling people into active, into practical rest from all their troubles. Now, the other word we have here is blessed, and God blessed the seventh day. Now, in God's creation, God did not bless anything on the first day, second day, third day, or fourth day. God began to bless on the fifth day. And even when he blessed on the fifth day, he blessed the creatures. He said to the fish and the birds, be fruitful and multiply. When he blessed on the sixth day, he blessed man that he created. And the Lord blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. But on the seventh day, God didn't create anything. So he blessed the day. No other day of the seven days of creation was blessed. God only blessed the seventh day. So the seventh day is a season of blessing. So God, this season is blessed. So when you come into it, you expect blessings. But of course, we can bring in curses into the blessings if we violate the season. We can get the opposite. Instead of rest, we can have restlessness. We have our rest depending on which side of God we decide to play or how we come into the season. We can bring our rest into the season. We can also bring curses into the season. So God tells us, my intention for you in this season is rest. My intention is that this will be the end of struggles. My intention is that this will be a distinct, a distinct season, a season of distinction, a season that is set apart, that when you come into a season, the experiences you will have would not be like anything you have seen in the previous six years. That's God's intention. God wants you to be blessed in it, but it's not, it's all in your hands. It is, you determine what you want, whether you want to have what God intends or you want to bring in your own luggage and package into, into the season. So God blessed the season. So the seventh season is blessed. So it's a special season. It's not like any of the other seasons. It's a blessed season. No other season did God bless in creation. The seventh day 
is a season he's blessed. So, and I pray that anytime you come into a seventh season in your life, it will be a season of blessing. It will be a season of rest. It will be a season of ending struggles. It will be a season of distinction that you can say, I've never seen, I've never seen this kind of positive experience since the seven years, you know, journey began. And then the last key word we have here is the word sanctify. Sanctify is to make holy, to set apart, to sacrate. You know, so God sanctified the seventh day. So not just that he ended on the seventh day, ended his work on the seventh day, or that he rested on his blessings, but he also made it a holy season. That's why to the Jews, it became a day of worship, a day, you know, uh, dedicated to uh, worshiping God. It becomes God now causes it the holy day. My day becomes God's day. So the seventh day is a seventh season is a, is a, a, a holy season, sanctified. And that is how we must approach it, that this is a season to pursue God's pleasure, the pleasure of the creator, the owner of the day. is a day to, a season to please him. So when we come into seasons, the seventh season, it's not a time just to pursue, uh, to do our own thing. It's a time to pursue the pleasure of the one who made us and owns us. So you find that in the book of uh Judges, the seventh book of the Bible, instead of Israel giving themselves to the season, to God in the season, they gave themselves to idols. They began to do what they wanted. So instead of blessing, they had curses. Instead of rest, they had unrest. Instead of life, they had death. So when you look into the Bible, you're going to find that you don't have very uh, wonderful stories in the seven chapters. Genesis chapter 7, flood destroyed humanity. Exodus chapter 7, the plagues began in Egypt. Acts chapter 7, Stephen died there. Luke chapter 7, a, a widow was going to bury her only son. In, uh, so you have stories of, of woes and disasters. It's all because of the way people uh, handle the season. Time is a gate. And if we don't man our gates, anything can move into the gates and moving through the gates into our lives. So we need to man our seasons. Once again, we understand that God blessed the seventh season. He made it a holy day. He made it a day of rest. He made it a season to end struggles. And he wants us to align with him concerning these purposes. And I, I believe that this has been a blessing to you. God bless you.